0: Today on Locked On Canadians, we look back at that game against the Toronto Maple Leafs and draw some positives from it. And we're going to talk about what's next today on Locked On Canadians.
1: Your Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome to episode 467. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. And as always, my name is Laura Saba. I'm one of your hosts. You might know me as the Active Stick. And I'm joined, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Scott Matla. You might know him as the guy from Habs, Eyes of the Price, who has a lot of angry Leafs fans in his mentions tonight, even though the Leafs won the game. Scott, how are you doing?
1: I was doing better before I looked at my mentions after the game. <laughs> oh, oh, man. I set a timer to see how long it was going to take to sewer my mentions, and it took one uh, attack on Brendan Gallagher, and here we are. Uh, so for the last time, if you like something that's in a GIF, I am literally just making a video of something that happened on the ice. Go touch grass or go to therapy. I really don't care which at this point. Uh That was not the prettiest display that we've ever seen, but at the same time, not the end of the world. It's one game out of 82, and there were a lot of things I really liked uh, out of the Habs tonight, and some things I'm actually a little bit surprised by overall.
0: I am going to agree. There's one thing that I want to get out of the way first is that, yes, the Canadians lost, and yes, there are lots of areas for them to work on, but I was pleased with the effort. I was pleased with the effort and the, the times that the Canadians were not able to play well, or the Toronto Maple Leafs were dominating it. It wasn't for lack of effort. Often sometimes, you know, the other team is just better than you or you have the wrong people on the ice. Sometimes it's the strategy that's not working, but I saw effort and that's something that I was very pleased with. The Canadians did not sit back, even though the, the, the Maple Leafs kept coming, they had a really good start. Obviously, the other team took over as the game went on. But I saw them trying, I saw even the coaching staff were trying new ideas, even if they weren't necessarily working. So for me, that was one of the biggest, that that was one of the biggest things that I wanted to see from these first two games, one against the Leafs and one against Buffalo. Now, there were a lot of issues, which we'll get into and improvements that they need to make. But there were also a lot of bright spots. But for me, and I know, I saw some people saying it looks like they've given up and they have no energy. That's not what it looked like to me. It looked to me like They were making mistakes. They weren't able to take control. They weren't able to cause turnovers. They weren't able to steal the puck back. They were giving the puck away too much. Those are all things that aren't necessarily due to effort. I think sometimes it's just either the other team is better than you or you're getting out coached or it's the first game in a long season and a new team with a lot of new faces I just, I find that I saw some people saying that it was lackluster. I, I don't think so. I mean, the power play, obviously. But other than that, I thought the effort was there. The execution is what needed work.
1: I, I'm, I'm working on something for Eyes on the Prize, as I do in the post game, And a lot of what I saw tonight is... Passes were off by like a little bit. There's some just misreads that everyone's getting up to speed. And I know that there were six preseason games, unless you're the Carolina Hurricanes and you only play four and teams have to tattle on you for that. But you can tell that this team hasn't fully settled yet. And I think the one thing that I, two things really that I think Laura and I can both agree on Petrie Kulak works. We, we know this and we've known this for how long actually works pretty damn well and that Drouin, Dvorak, and Anderson looked outstanding together. They played a ton. They were clearly the most prominent line, and when they were on the ice, they got the only Habs goal of the game. Jonathan Drouin scores in his return to regular season action. It It was good to see, and they brought energy. They brought skill. Josh Anderson looked a lot more finesse than he usually does normally he's a himbo running 100 miles an hour straight into the end boards and is either going to score or die trying tonight he was a lot more patient he was a lot more skillful with the puck and juan is a very good complement to that and Dvorak just does the little smart things right so that line has a lot of promise and something really excited to see more of going forward in the future
0: Oh, I absolutely agree. I was so, so pleasantly surprised, not just with that line, but with Dvorak in particular. Uh, he's, he's, he was one of the biggest question marks going into this season. You've got to remember right now, that uh, Mike Hoffman isn't in the lineup and Joel Edmondson isn't in the lineup either so there's some like there's some more power that's going to be injected into the lineup whether you're talking about scoring whether you're talking about physicality like there is a little bit more and obviously we we all know that they're missing their starting goaltender but I just want to say Jake Allen imagine that he wasn't protected and that Seattle took him In that expansion draft, I just like every day from now on, I'm going to be looking at that Jake Allen performance and I'm going to be going, thank God for Carey Price in many more ways than one.
1: Yeah, Jake Allen was extremely good tonight. He had to be because he was under siege for a bit there. It it shows why Mark Bergman kind of did what he did without Jake Allen. I don't know if Caden Primo makes a lot of these saves. Toronto was very good. The Canadians matched them for periods of time, but not enough to get the win tonight. Jake Allen kept them in it, and I know we're going to talk about Buffalo a little later on. We're going to see what Sam Montembeau has against the Sabres coming up, uh, because I don't think they're going to go to Allen right away, but who knows, they might try and get right back in the win column, and I feel surprisingly comfortable with the fact that he might be starting on a back-to-back.
0: Yes, and I think that that is going to be the theme of the early going now. We're going to talk a little bit more about the game. And then later on in today's episode, we are going to look ahead to Buffalo and talk about the bright spots that the Canadians have going on right now. But first, we're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Now, we're talking about the first game of the season between the Montreal Canadiens and the Toronto Maple Leafs. And we talked a little bit about some of the things that worked in the first segment and some of the things that didn't work. And now we'd like to dive in a little bit more. One of the things that I found uh, truly did not work is the second and third defensive pair. That was something that needed a lot of work and obviously the power play. I think the problem with the power play is that the players are defaulting to the old strategy of passing to Shea Weber, except whoever is in the spot that Shea Weber is normally in. So I think that that's something that they need to fix. And the other thing is that by putting Nick Suzuki on that first wave, and I know this is something that he's going to have to work on in his career. It's very early. That face-off, that that opening face-off, you're losing possession when you have the man advantage, and then you have to regroup and you're losing precious seconds uh, on that power play. So I think these are two things that immediately come to mind when it comes to trying to fix it. I don't know if it's in the players' or the coaches' minds. I don't know, um, you know, I don't know who's going to fix it, but it is extremely fixable because this is an untenable situation. Like they have to change a lot of things and there's so many things that they could change to fix it.
1: The biggest thing for me is the Canadians had a huge opportunity to seize the game back. They had that five on three power play and it was, it was bad. Like I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It wasn't good at all. And The oddest thing about that is the selection for the people on the ice did seem right. Like it should work. We saw it in the preseason. It worked great. And the, what changed were the tactics around it. The team, when things weren't going their way, kind of defaulted to we're going to just bomb it back to the point and hope it hits the net. And you can't do that in the NHL. I mean, you can sometimes if you're closer than the blue line, but they didn't, Get the goaltender moving. Jack Campbell didn't have to go anywhere. The defense didn't have to go anywhere. You have a five on three. You should be trying to group that defense as tight together as you can and then pass it across them. Do not let them spread out, eliminate your passing lanes, and get in your shooting lanes. That's what they want, and that's what they did effectively. Montreal has the talent that they can stretch these opposing penalty kills. And in that situation and the late one that Brendan Gallagher drew on, Jason Spezza, I believe, you gotta score in those situations. And I know it's early. The power play is not always gonna be that inept, but it is a trend that, that really does worry me. I know my is not here, and I know Petra's playing a lot, so he's likely not at a hundred percent by the time they get to the power play. You gotta kind of look at that and go, maybe you we throw out someone different to start on this one and give our other guy a break. Try moving it a little bit more. You have intermissions for a reason. Do what you can to give yourself the best opportunity to get back in the game there because they did. And the minute Toronto killed that five on three, you could just feel the momentum permanently kind of shift in the other direction. And that's something Montreal can't afford to do. They're going to draw penalties with the speed they play with. You can't have that be a momentum killer for you in an 82 game season. You can't throw out a man advantage and not expect to score. It's just not what you're looking for in crucial situations. And it's one game. They could go out against the Sabres tomorrow night or today when you're listening to this and go four for four on the power play and no one would be surprised at this point. But I hope that that is something that does not happen It's one thing to not score on a power play. It's another thing to look entirely almost disinterested in actually putting the puck in the net.
0: And again, like I think that that's something that they could work on. There are quite a few things that need to be worked on. Uh, And the, the good news is that it's not the end of the world. Not only is it the first game of the season, you're also talking like extremely, extremely early in the season and, You know, in the last couple of seasons, the Canadians have always dropped that first game to Toronto. Uh, And last year, they managed to not only beat Toronto in the playoffs, but make it all the way to the Stanley Cup final. I don't think that this is the end of the world. But I will say one other thing is that the uh, the Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield and Tyler Toffoli line tonight, to me, they were playing as if there was a little bit too much pressure on them. And I think they need to calm down because the skill is there. But I would say from what I this is the eye test. I haven't looked at natural statric yet or anything like that. Tyler Toffoli seemed to ha- be having a little bit of a rough game. Cole Caulfield, when he was shooting the puck, his release was beautiful. It's perfect. But there were other plays that he was making that seemed a little bit disconnected, like a pass that was too strong or he was fanning on the puck or there was some sort of, like, not miscommunication, but I feel like it's, like, half a step too quick or half a step too slow, and that, to me, has all the makings of pressure, and obviously Nick Suzuki right now is under the spotlight because of that that contract he just signed and because of the hopes the Canadians are pitting on him for the near future, and I think that it's not, like, this is another thing where it's, like, It's something that, you know, has worked. It worked. It worked in the past. It has the potential to work going forward, but they did seem, it seemed a little bit like early in the playoffs against Toronto when they had the pressure of the moment on them. And that's the thing that I think that, you know, like they showed up or not just Toronto, but they, against, um, against uh, the lightning as well in that, in that Stanley cup final, the pressure of the moment was on them. So I feel like with a little bit more time, with a little bit more chilling out like that line will be, will be fixed. I don't, I don't think that there was anything like egregiously bad about it. It just, it wasn't doing what we expect them to. It wasn't doing what we have become accustomed to. So that's another thing where I feel like it needs work, but you see the individual plays and you know, you know, the defensive play that that Nick Suzuki made at one point or Cole Coffey, like I said, like his release, it's so good to watch. It's just like his speed. I just, I, I had missed this team. I'd missed watching this team. And so that was something where that line is not always going to have a rough night. Right. And, and a rough night for them, it was still fine. It just, they, they, they weren't able to take control of the game like we wanted them to. So I think like when you're looking at it from a perspective of, you know, what, what changes going forward, one of the changes would be those guys just need to kind of, kind of calm down. And in our final segment, we are going to preview the Buffalo Sabres game. However, however, We also have to mention a couple of bright spots that we're really excited about going forward, and that's coming up in just one moment. But first, remember, rockauto.com is the only place you should be looking for parts or accessories for your car. No matter what car you drive, whether it is a classic or whether it's a sedan you bought two weeks ago, you know that you're going to find anything that you need at rockauto.com, and you are going to find it for a reliably low price. Not only that, they've got an easy-to-use catalog. All you have to do is type in your car's make, model, and year. And trust me, whatever the make, model, and year, it will be there. You'll use their easy-to-use drop-down catalog. You can even choose your own price. Everything there is reliably low-priced. And after all of that convenience... What if I tell you that they will deliver whatever you order directly to your door? You don't have to do anything except you can do it on your phone. Pull out your phone from your pocket right now and order what you need for your car. Pay a reliably low price, get it delivered directly to your door. And don't forget when you go to rockauto.com to enter locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they'll know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. As we look forward to tonight's game against the Buffalo Sabres, and we're expecting at this point, they haven't announced, but we're expecting Samuel Montambo to start. There are some bright spots that I want to point out from that Toronto Maple Leafs game uh, that I think the Canadians can carry going forward. As we mentioned earlier, That line with Dvorak, Josh Anderson, and Drouin uh, was phenomenal. And uh, they seem to be clicking really well. That's something that we want to see. So far from the limited play that we've seen him in, Dvorak has more than impressed uh, in terms of what he's expected to do. Uh, And, uh, you know, I think that's one other positive. Something that I want to point out uh, is the Jake Evans contract is more than paying for itself already. And when I say that, I mean, there were multiple points in tonight's game where he was driving offense. But not only that, we talked a little bit in the earlier segment that the second and third defensive pairing needs pairings need rethinking and potentially reworking. There were moments on the ice when if it weren't for Jake Evans, there would have been a puck in the Montreal net. And that's something that's just a fact. You know, he's going to be one of the defensive forwards of this team. That's what he's expected to do. That's what he's done this far. His intensity, he's not taken a moment. He's not taken a step back at all. I was just so happy watching him on the ice tonight.
1: I I do think we talked a little bit in the last segment that like that third line had a bit of a rough night. And I don't think they're going to have many, especially Brendan Gallagher on there. And I, I don't know if we're looking forward to the game in Buffalo or not, just because it's the Sabres and the Canadians have <laughs> never played well against the Sabres. Look- it's yeah. It Who knows? Like, I I do think a lot of guys are going to come back stronger. I think we're going to see potentially Adam Brooks make his debut. I think Alex Belzeal might get some time. They might uh, rotate out someone like Matthew Pillow. Uh, I don't know if... Sammy Niku is good to go or not. So I don't know if the defense is going to get shaken up at all, but obviously Montembeau will start in net, I would assume. I I don't think they should be messing with lines outside of the fourth and maybe just kind of swapping some interchangeable pieces in because I think the pieces are there right now. They just have to kind of straighten it out. And if there's ever a game to straighten it out, it's against a team that isn't expected to win very much where you can get fancy. You can take your time and kind of work on these things and get ready for your next test because it doesn't get any easier. They've got the Sharks. Well, the Sharks don't really count, but sorry, (laughs) Kyle. Love you guys. But uh, they've got games against Carolina against Seattle.
0: If you jinx that game, Scott. They they haven't been San
1: Jose in like 30 years. Like, it's not (laughs) not my fault. Like, uh, it's so... There's there's an opportunity to get it back on track here going into the weekend, and I think we'll see very small changes, and I think we'll see a more focused, defensively responsible game. It might not be exciting, but you're going to see a lot more, I don't want to say cautiousness, but care taken with the puck. You're not going to see as many long stretch passes. I think you're going to see a lot more short passes, some off-the-glass plays, and hit guys with speed kind of thing. And that's not the worst thing, though, just playing your backup goalie who's not fully used to the system yet. You might be integrating some new guys that might not be used to the system yet. Get back to basics and get back on track, basically.
0: Yeah. And so let's talk about the positives is that that Nick Suzuki, Tyler Toffoli, Cole Caulfield line is going to be better they're not going to be as bad that third line is going to figure it out and like i said jake evans played phenomenally and that line had about had a rough night so you know like that that's how good he was in one night If, if if the other guys kind of catch up and i also feel like brendan gallagher was also trying to do a little bit too much to make up for the absence of the other guys uh which is another thing where you know he's never going to dial it down and that's something where maybe he needs to channel his energy a little bit differently but that's fine. I also wanted to talk real quick about Josh Anderson and just how angry he makes the Leafs. We talk about it all the time on this podcast, but it's worth mentioning. Like, they can't stand him. And the thing is, like, there are these penalties. Yes, he falls down a lot, but I don't think it's necessarily diving. I think he just falls down a lot. Uh, but there were some points where you could see the Toronto Maple Leafs were truly, like, going after him. And the opponents hate him, too. And and it just, it, 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 it warms my heart. And I just, I love that. So, you know, he's also, I think, he's ready to play in a different gear this year. And I think that that's going to be really, really exciting. He, he impressed us last year and we weren't expecting what we got out of him last year. And I think for me, like from a fan perspective, I'm re- just really excited to see what happens. I'm also very happy that um, the first goal of the season from the Canadians was scored by Jonathan Drouin. Uh, I think that that sort of, um, it sets the tone for him. It gives him some confidence. Uh, it, it shuts some people up and it, it, it's a good start to the year. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are saying, like, doesn't matter which team you cheer for, you got to cheer for that. And I think that that's, that's, you know, that's another bright spot, I think. But they do need to figure out their fourth line and they do need to figure out the defensive pairings. And I at this point, I'm not sure what they should do. I, I just think that when Edmondson comes back, if Sammy Niku's ready to go, they can shuffle some things. I just, I find that um, I noticed a lot of turnovers from the defense as a whole. Some people brought up Jeff Petrie. He seems to be sluggish. He seems to not be playing up to up to par, but I didn't necessarily see that from Jeff Petrie. I did see some turnovers, but I saw turnovers from the entire defense. I would say that Jeff Petrie is another guy where he's probably just pacing himself. He knows he's going to have a lot on his shoulders this season and you know if you it's like Scott always says you watch Jeff Petrie you don't see all of the positive things that he does and then he does he makes one mistake and that takes up 50 percent of your brain brain space for him so I just think that you know I'm okay with him and Kulak I think that's a great pairing you know we wanted that to happen all of last year but when Edmondson comes back I think based on their success last year they're going to put Edmondson in that, in that spot with him. And then Kulak can be free to maybe speed up Savard or match well with Weidman. I don't know.
1: There is definitely shuffling to be done defensively once Edmondson is back, when Sammy Niku is healthy and they can figure out who perfectly fits in with who. And on Josh Anderson, who among us doesn't fall down a lot? You know, it, it's human <laughs> nature and they're wearing knife shoes on ice like... Falling down is just a part of ice. I think MLSC should work on getting better ice and stop being cheapskates. So Josh Anderson stops falling down so often. I think it solves everyone's problems there. Uh, Pete, every of course, people are going to look sluggish. It's the first game that matters. You have guys who are adjusting to new roles and this and that. It's I don't want to read too much into everything. It's, it's one game. And Laura, how often do we say it on the show? It's not that deep. It's one game guys. It's not that serious. It's not that deep. If they're playing like this in like two weeks, then maybe we'll revisit some things. But for right now, I'm going to kind of take the positives from this game and see how they can get applied Uh, coming up against Buffalo and going into the weekend.
0: Yeah, exactly. And again, so we talked about this last week. We talked about it in our season preview. We've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks. If they lose against Buffalo, but they're able to turn out a good effort, i.e. they don't play down to their opponent, that's a good sign for me. I think that that's, that means that the Canadians will have a decent year despite their bad luck injuries and holes in their lineup. I think I think they're at least going to be really great to watch at the very, very least. So that's what I'm banking on. So we'll obviously have the recap for that as well. Don't forget it is a mailbag episode. So please send us your mailbag questions either at lockedoncanadians@gmail.com at gmail.com or on our Twitter account, LO underscore Canadians. You can find us on Twitter. Scott is at Scott Matla. I am at The Active Stick. This podcast is available wherever you get your podcast, always for free. And if you liked us, then make your second listen of the day, Locked on Fantasy Hockey with Scott Cullen, who is great at what he does, always has the best, idea, best ideas for what to do with your lineup now that the season is underway. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you tomorrow.